0: The drip aficionado is hard at work again, people.
1: We know you're sick of us. We know you hate us. That's why we're going to be here.
0: The horse is back, and our jockey is Russell Wilson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. I am your co-host, all that free time DeAndre Hopkins has, and I am joined by my other co-host, Ryan Tannehill's Bad Attitude. How's it going today, Justin?
1: Uh, it's going pretty good. I'm excited. I I don't, you told me specifically not to look up anything about the Ryan Tannehill thing. I'm excited to hear about it.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's uh, It's kind of a whole debate that I think people are split kind of down the middle on, on Either side of this idea, I guess it has to do with the draft. And spoiler alert, everyone, this will be our draft recap episode now that the draft is in the books and it'll tie in really well. So, uh, we'll get to that when we start talking about the Titans a little bit. But yeah, draft recap time. First off, how do you think your boys did? How do you think the Bucks did?
1: The Bucks, uh, did the traditional Seahawks thing where they traded out of the first round, they which, did. um, I, didn't hate to be completely honest. Um, we, I think, with the later draft picks that we got, picked up some good pieces, and I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of excited. We've got some people that uh, that I think will end up being good. Um, we did primarily, um, in our early rounds, focus on. Well, I guess early rounds, we got a D lineman from Houston uh, for our 33rd overall pick, which I think is, I think he's going to be good, but we also picked up some pieces to help in the, uh, in the blocking game. We picked up two different tight ends, one in the third or excuse me, in the fourth and then one in the sixth. So I'm hoping one of them can emerge to kind of help you know, be groomed as a replacement for Brait and or Gronk because Gronk is still on the the, the fence and Brait's just getting a little old.
0: Yeah. Um, I I think it was all right. Yeah. you. I mean, so you guys originally had the 27th pick, right? And then you traded back out at the end of the first round, which is not a bad thing to do when you're in that position because the high 20 picks, 30 picks in the first round, you, you're getting almost the same level of talent probably in the early second round. And you guys picked first in the second round, right? You yeah. Were...
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's especially why I was like, I think that's fine because I think it gives us a lot of later value in the draft. Um, and, you know, picking first in the second, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, I, th- I, th- I think that just gives us kind of what we want. And I hey, mean, looking at who was on the board, at that point, I think I think the Bucks front office knew that uh, their their guy would still be still be on the board.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the, I mean trades were a theme of this year's draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute too. Um, so yeah, I thought the Bucks had a solid draft as far as my boys go. Uh, I honestly didn't hate it. Uh, they did what I wanted them to do in the first round, take an offensive lineman. They took Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. He's a really big, stout, tough lineman. I think he'll be good. Um, and then the big thing for me is they got the running back I actually wanted them to take uh, in the third round. They got Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. I think it was the third round. But uh, that kid, what I saw him in college, he's going to be really good the kind of takeaway I got from the Seahawks draft, the two takeaways I got first off, they passed on every quarterback opportunity in this draft, which tells me hopefully maybe they have their eyes on Russell Wilson or not Russell Wilson. Oh, I wish, uh, I meant Baker Mayfield. <laughs> God, I'm still, I can't get over it, man. I just can't, uh, Baker Mayfield. I hope they have their eyes on Baker Mayfield because I really don't want Drew Locke to be, uh, the starting quarterback this year. I just don't and I I hope we have a better plan than that, but I'm not convinced we Well, did.
1: and and they didn't completely skip on quarterbacks. They did sign Levi Lewis as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, um, I guess
0: I meant in the draft, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I think honestly, I think the Seahawks got a steal with him. He really uh he really fell out of favor in the draft, so I think You know, I I think you watch him. He might (laughs) – if you guys don't get Baker, I bet there's a chance he could upset a –
0: upset old – Locky Lock. Lock. I mean, if we're having a good old-fashioned bona fide quarterback competition this summer, let them all do it. Because, honestly, if you're talking Geno Smith, Drew Lock, and Levi Lewis and whoever else, if Baker's not in that mix, I mean, any one of those guys – I mean, could win the job, I guess. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But my other bigger takeaway from the Seahawks draft was we made picks for the future, not for next year. Um, I mean, let
1: me, let me say this too. You guys made a lot of line picks. Yeah. Which is for the future.
0: I'm happy we did. Why, Why,
1: why wouldn't, you know. Is does Pete Carroll have a sixth sense of humor? It's
0: like, yeah, exactly. The line
1: is why Russell Wilson wanted out. Now let's build a line. Exactly.
0: I was, I mean, I was happy and frustrated. It's like, okay, we're addressing the offensive line finally. Why couldn't we have done this when we had a generational talent at quarterback? Like, was there seriously this mindset of, oh well, Russ can just make things happen on his own, so we shouldn't waste our draft picks on linemen when he can just fix it. When he can make it happen and work magic. That's such a dumb way to do it if that's what we've been doing the last 10 years. Um, it's frustrating. But yeah, we have a line now, or at least the makings of a line. So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys pan out. Um, so I don't hate the draft. I, I'm kind of middle of the pack as far as how I feel about the Seahawks. But I am happy with Kenneth Walker, our new running back. I think he's going to, in the long term, especially. Uh, shine for us so that's exciting let's get into the other teams though is there any team in specifically you want to talk about first
1: um man i think both the jets and giants had a pretty darn good draft
0: i think the jets we won were... in this draft quite frankly. yeah they
1: they i think definitely improved the most out of all the teams um yeah you know, i believe i believe we said in our draft episode that the fourth pick that they had would either be a cornerback or a receiver. And then whatever they didn't pick, they'd then pick with their next pick.
0: Yeah. And that and was they, you they who did said Exactly that. that. You nailed that one. Uh, no trade for Debo Samuel at all in the draft. Like we both kind of predicted for either of the New York teams. I probably was a little more far out there in my guess than you were, but uh, yeah, the jets, I mean, they had three first round picks. And the goal, anytime you go into the draft, obviously, is you want to be a better team than when you started Mm -hmm. the draft. The Jets absolutely are, and maybe the most improved team, like you said. They took Sauce Gardner with that fourth overall pick. I think he was probably the best defensive back in the entire class. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then with that 10th pick that they got from us, actually, via the Jamal Adams trade, they got Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. uh, Another really good receiver. And then with the, oh, God, they picked again at 26. 26. Yeah, they got Jermaine Johnson defensive end out of Florida State. So the Jets just, I mean, the first round alone, their roster got better. Uh, and
1: Yeah, they, they bolstered their defense so much with just those two picks. And then getting a legitimate weapon for their young quarterback, I maybe they don't want to ruin this one.
0: I mean, I saw on Twitter, I follow Zach Wilson and he was really excited with that 10th pick. (laughs) I mean, he was, he, and I don't think it was just because of the last name either. Uh, I think he's very happy to have a weapon now and the jets. I mean, the other two picks in that first round being defense, does it surprise you with Robert Sala calling the shots now?
1: Not even a little bit.
0: No, it's yeah, it shouldn't. Uh, So Jets did really well. And then the Giants too, like you were talking about. Uh, I love Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. Love the kid all four years he played for the Ducks. Mm -hmm. I think he's gonna do great things for the Giants defense. Uh, he alone won't be able to fix everything. But then two picks later, Uh they took Evan Neal out of Alabama on the other side of the ball. So they bolstered both of their lines, did the Giants. And those are both excellent picks. Um, those are going to both be anchors on either side of the ball, I think. And the Giants, there's still work to be done, but they are they started off well, I, sh- I will say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that O-line pick was crucial for them because they need to keep Danny Dimes, you know. Danny Dimes just needs a pocket to live in.
0: They got to protect the Gazelle's legs. That's what yeah. they have to do. Um, and they, yeah, that, I mean, Evan Neal might have been one of the best linemen, if not the best lineman in the class this year. So both of the New York teams did a really good job in the draft. Um, let's talk about the Jags, though. I mean, number one pick again this year took Trayvon Walker, defensive end out of Georgia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, how, overall, though, how do you think Jacksonville did to help Trevor Lawrence, to help?
1: Oh, man. Honestly, it's tough to say because like we talked about on our last episode, they need so much help in so many areas.
0: Um they traded up with you guys at the end of the first round to get Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah with yeah. the 27th pick. Uh Lloyd's good, but I linebackers, I don't know. It was it was kind of a weird draft for linebackers. You had a couple go in the first round, but I mean it I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what to make of the Jags yet. Like you said it's kind of tough to it's tough to tell at this point.
1: I think they needed to work on their O-line. Honestly for for the sake of Trevor Lawrence and I don't I don't know that they did enough that it'll it'll improve them that much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess uh time will tell and we'll see if they you know get anybody here during the rest of free agency or what have you but yeah i just don't know is there a team that you thought kind of disappointed in the draft
1: um not necessarily i didn't get to watch the first round though i was busy that night so yeah um oh actually arizona i mean Trading for, uh, Hollywood Brown. Yeah, that,
0: that was, and then the other big trade, of course, Julio, um, or not Julio, AJ Brown from Tennessee traded oh, yeah. to the Eagles, which by the way, Eagles had a really good draft too. Um, I thought, but yeah, I think they're running away with their division now. They definitely could be. I mean, I don't, the Cowboys are going to cowboy it up every year. Uh, Washington, I was going to say, actually, I think had one of the worst drafts of the teams mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL. And then the Giants, yeah, they got better, like we just talked about. But the Eagles really, I mean, they they showed up on, on the draft this year. Uh, that trade alone was really big in the first round, but they made some really good picks, too. Washington, for me, kind of flubbed this one, in my opinion. Uh, first round they traded back uh, i thought they were going to trade back to get well they traded with new orleans and at first new orleans used that pick to grab a receiver uh, i don't think they should have traded because they they could have got kyle hamilton um and they traded back and then baltimore snagged hamilton the safety out of notre dame one pick before or two picks before washington excuse me and Washington instead used that pick to grab um, Dotson, the wide receiver out of Penn state, who again, he's good, but there's some work to be done, I think. So I don't know. And that was just kind of a microcosm of how the whole draft went for the commanders they didn't do anything that wowed me. And they definitely didn't do anything that's going to, I think, help them be able to keep pace with Philadelphia now in that division. So that I would say they might be my most disappointing team from the draft, but I don't know. The Packers didn't wow me either, quite frankly.
1: No, Packers were pretty
0: underwhelming. They did what they always do, where they didn't take a receiver in the first round. Now, let's be fair, they did take one pretty much right off the bat in the second. They took Christian Watson out of North Dakota State, and he's a, he's a fast kid. He's got good hands, but we've got to remember he spent his entire college career pretty much playing against FCS competition. Um, it doesn't mean anything necessarily. He might come in and be fine, but he'll probably get playing time sooner rather than later with Devonte Adams gone now in green. Yep. But in the first round when the Packers had two shots at it and didn't take a receiver, you know, Aaron Rodgers was sitting at home, shaking his head a little bit. Like, why did I come back for this? Right? Exactly. So I don't know. Packers, commanders, didn't
1: wow me. Yep. Um, Lots of, you know, I feel like our first 10 were not too far off, though, in terms of
0: Oh, our predictions? Yeah.
1: Yeah, in terms of our predictions.
0: What do you think of the Panther? Because you, I was wrong here. What do you think of the Panthers going for Equanu, uh, the lineman, with their sixth overall pick instead of quarterback? They went with quarterback later, but
1: um, I mean, I think that's probably good. That allows their the quarterback that they picked, or the young quarterback, and I forget who they took. It was Matt um, Corral
0: out of Old. Oh, Corral!
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, they they love their fun names there in Carolina. Yeah, they do. Matt Rule, Matt Corral. Wow, um, Matts. <laughs> I mean, having a good O line is super important, and you know, for a young quarterback, especially one that is coming out of this draft class, which this quarterback draft class has been up and down on the board so many times.
0: Yeah. So and it's probably the smarter move. I agree. It's never a bad time to invest in linemen. I don't think, um, every team always could use more. It feels like I, in fact, I can't think of a team that went into this draft with a definite, we don't need offensive line help, or at least, um, bolstering a little bit i mean it's never a bad thing to take lineman uh, but yeah I, I it was probably the right choice especially with this year's quarterback class that wasn't like far and above talented the way last year's was uh, in fact there was only one quarterback taken in the first round and that was kenny pickett out of pittsburgh to pittsburgh mm-hmm. he didn't go very far um and that was probably no. <laughs> the right choice for the steelers quite frankly although interestingly enough uh, the Steelers took two quarterbacks in this draft In the seventh round, they took South Dakota state quarterback, Chris Oladokun. Um, also. Now I don't think Oladokun going to win any quarterback competition this summer. It will probably pick. It was their future long-term pick. I mean, he, they expect him to be the guy um, above Trubisky and whoever else is in that quarterback room, but it, the Steelers they they knew they needed to do something now that big ben is finally gone about 3 years too late but um i think it was a wise pick on their part
1: i agree i'm i'm surprised he was still on the
0: board that late honestly yeah he fell and then the other quarterback that fell way further than a lot of people thought he would myself included was malik willis who finally got picked by tennessee at number 86 in the third round Um, and I think that was a wise pick for Tennessee also I think Willis is going to be really good I think he has the potential to maybe be the best quarterback out of this class I thought that going in Um, this is what's going to tie us into that Tannehill stuff so in a press conference on Tuesday this week earlier this week Tannehill said that he he basically said that he was in competition with Malik Willis, and so he doesn't feel the need to be his mentor. And I want to know what you think of that.
1: That's um interesting because I feel like Tannehill's been there long enough. He's been the starter. He's gotten them you know, pretty deep through the playoffs. I don't feel like they're actively trying to replace him. I think they're – I don't know. That seems kind of like a selfish mindset.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think so too. Um, I just, I don't like that attitude and no offense. Aaron Rodgers had this attitude a couple of years ago when the Packers drafted Jordan love. And now I, I realize that situation was a little bit different where the Packers didn't tell him that's what they were going to do with their first round pick. Um, so that probably sparked some ill feelings also, but this mindset of, well, this guy's coming to take my job. So I'm not going to, help him and I'm not going to mentor him up and teach him anything. I think it's dumb because the Titans made this pick thinking about the future of their franchise. I don't think they mm-hmm. did it like you said to uh undermine Tannehill at all. I just think that they know that Tannehill won't be there forever and eventually they they don't want to find themselves in a situation like Pittsburgh found themselves with roethlisberger Yeah. I don't know. It was just a I think kind of a crappy thing to say and it be like imagine how like malik willis feels hearing that you know he's fresh out of college young kid like he's just gonna get overwhelmed with all this nfl stuff as is and then you hear that you you one of your teammates biggest names on that team doesn't really i don't want to say doesn't like you but doesn't like you being there that's got to be crappy to hear well and it's
1: it's especially you know, I think it's smart of the Titans to, to draft him because looking at Ryan Tannehill, uh, yeah, he's a good quarterback. He's not great. He's serviceable. <laughs> yeah, but look at his long line of injury history.
0: Long, long line of injury history. Well, and not only that, look at his long line of when crunch time arrives, not performing, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. I mean – the Titans were the one seed in the playoffs last year and they were one and done. And it was largely because of Tannehill. He threw three interceptions in that game. And I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't like that attitude. And I, like I said, it's kind of split down the middle on what people think of that. You know, some people say, well, I don't blame it. You know, the guy, uh, his job's in jeopardy now. I wouldn't want to help the guy that was coming to replace me, but I don't think he's necessarily coming to replace him right now. I think he's going to be there when. No. Yeah. I
1: don't. I don't, I don't think so. And again, like history of injury, the the Titans want to make sure their excuse me their butts are covered for if he goes. oh, excuse me. Wants to make sure their butts are covered if he goes down. Um.
0: Exactly. I don't know.
1: I think. I think it's stupid and ma- immature to throw a fit about this.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And I I don't know if he's throwing a fit but the way he said that sure comes off like that's the attitude. Um and like I said this isn't a new thing. We've seen this before where Aaron Rodgers did this kind of with Jordan Love and even mm-hmm. back in the day on the Packers Brett Favre did this when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. He was not pleased. Um I don't know. Some of these guys, I think, have an ego thing too, where they just, it, it, it bruises their ego, quite frankly, when a team drafts somebody uh, of the same position when that position is so coveted, like the quarterback. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and it probably rubbed Malik Willis the wrong way, poor kid, just trying to get his feet under him here in the NFL. But, <laughs> They'll figure it out. Tennessee will figure it out. And it's I, I mean, Willis, I think in two to three years will be that franchise's starting quarterback, whether it's replacing Tannehill or Tannehill retiring or whatever, ha- you know, it may be. I think he's they expect him to be the guy in the future. So mm-hmm. um, I, I was happy with that pick with Tennessee. I thought that was a good one. Um, And then I feel like this is a good time to do it. Uh, shout out this week has to go to our boy Troy Anderson 100%. Out, out of Montana state second round 58 overall to the Falcons Uh, super cool to see second highest draft pick in MSU history uh, highest draft pick out of the big sky since one guy by the name of Cooper Cup you might have heard of him um, no I've never heard of him yeah well look him up he's done some things um, <laughs> but Anderson. uh, it's So cool. And, and going to a place like Atlanta, whose defense isn't particularly deep, he might get a start. Maybe not day one, maybe not week one, but very soon next year, I wouldn't be surprised. So shout out to him. And then tied into that uh, shout out also to his teammate, uh, Daniel Hardy, who also got drafted in the seventh round to the Rams. It's going to be a lot tougher, I think, to land a spot on that defense. Uh, then Troy yeah. will have in Atlanta, but still shout out to both of those guys. That's big time coming from a school like MSU.
1: Yeah. We don't see a lot of, a lot of MSU players going in the draft, especially not that high.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that was, that was the coolest part of my draft weekend. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then we kind of mentioned them a little bit ago where you brought them up the Cardinals. There's some other news going on with the Cardinals right now with DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Cardinals are a mess. Quite frankly, Cardinals a bit of a mess right now. And that's... they're, they're a talented mess, but they're a mess. Uh, you have the whole Kyler Murray thing that I still don't a hundred percent know what's going on there. Uh, where he's not, I don't know if he's not happy right now in Arizona or if he wants more money. Um, Obviously, earlier this offseason, he removed any mention of Arizona and the Cardinals off of his social media. I think it's kind of dumb. Um, but And then now you have DeAndre Hopkins, who is suspended for the first six games of this upcoming season for the use of performance-enhancing drugs. So my question to you is, What's going on in Arizona? It's got to be something in the water, right? It's the water. Yeah. They're drinking too much of that cactus water. Um, (laughs) I don't know, man. This is not what you want, especially when the Rams are just reloading and looking to run it back. And when I say that anyone who knows me knows that I kind of hate that phrase in sports, everyone uses it, run it back. Let's run it back. And a lot of times when people say that they're talking about like a nine and eight season season. Is there mm-hmm. anything to know the Rams can legitimately run it back and defend their title because they have loaded up again with, you know, the addition of Bobby Wagner and these contracts that they're locking guys down with. I mean, they're still the class of the NFC West and the Cardinals have a chance to be with all the talents on that roster, but they are absolutely imploding and may is just starting. So, it's not good news if you're an Arizona fan right now. Um, and I think they might come out of the gate stumbling now, especially if for whatever reason, if this Kyler Murray stuff reaches a you know the worst case scenario and he holds out or doesn't play or whatever it comes to. I mean, no Hopkins. It's going to be rough, I think, to start. Yeah,
1: so what do you think of DeAndre Hopkins? I don't want to say uh, his, his press release. Go with that. Where, you know, basically he's saying, I don't know how this happened. I'm very careful about what I put into my body and I'm going to investigate to see how this happened.
0: Um, So my initial reaction, and it might be a cynical one, is athletes kind of tend to always say this when they fail a drug test. Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's legitimate. Sometimes they don't know why and they accidentally ingested an illegal substance. Um, So I don't know for sure. But I've heard guys say this in baseball. I mean, no offense, Robinson Cano said this a couple of years ago and he just got done serving a suspension for an entire season because he took a a steroid and it turned out that he kind of lied about it. So I'm not saying Hopkins is lying here, but this is kind of a textbook response in a situation Mm. like this. So I guess it's a wait and see thing. And who knows if it comes out that it was a tried and true accident and uh, maybe he can appeal this and maybe something positive can come of it in that way. But right now it kind of has the makings of every other steroid or PED story we hear in sports.
1: Yeah. That's more or less what I thought too. Um, It'll be interesting though to see, you know, if he continues to double down on that and maybe, you know,
0: I mean, yeah, and if he does, you know, he can appeal it if it, if they think it was a legitimate mistake. And the, from the Cardinals' team perspective, though, um, they – man, with the way last season ended in the playoffs to the Rams, just that horrible game they put together in the wild card round to the Kyler Murray stuff to now this um, – You wonder if guys like J.J. Watt are sitting there like, why did I come here? You know, or at least second-guessing it a little bit. I mean, I know he got out of a really bad situation in Houston, but uh, this is not the formula.
1: Well, and J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins are, are teammates now and former teammates as well. So maybe J.J. Watt's got some insight onto
0: this. Who knows? Yeah, Maybe maybe all i know is that all this stuff that's gone on for the cardinals recently is not the formula to start a super bowl winning season um, no so it'll be interesting to see how all this stuff plays out um and what hopkins's long term future is now in arizona if this turns out to not be a mistake and he did take a taking illegal substance i mean will the Cardinals I, I don't know it, it's a lot of speculation at this point I mean it's pretty fresh news so mm-hmm. uh but it is interesting and as a Seahawks fan we're gonna need every break we can get this year so when the schedule comes out next week I hope I see that we play the Cardinals both times in those first six weeks while Hopkins is gone
1: no nah, you're gonna play them weeks like seven and ten
0: right when he's back and really mad yeah that's probably yeah. more like it that's probably more like it But. uh it's okay. It doesn't matter when you guys play them. We will lose both of them anyway.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding, but dang. Seahawks are a, are a mess right now.
0: We are a mess, but we're a fa- uh, to me, we're a fascinating mess. Um, I, I'm really interested to see just how much of a mess we are. And it might be.
1: <laughs> you want to see how, like, well, is this like garbage can lit on fire? Or is this a Hindenburg level fiasco?
0: Exactly. I want to see if this is like a, you slowly put your hand to the burner and it gets hotter and hotter until you can't take it, like a slow burn, or if this is just a full on uh, explosion week one.
1: Whether well, it's like that scene <laughs> from Community where he walks in and everything's just on fire
0: already. Exactly exactly i'm interested in this and we'll know a little more next week like i said when the schedule comes out and see we play tough teams this year i already know that um i hope we can ease it in like week one with that jets game though i know we play the jets at home
1: I i don't know about that man the jets i think i think the jets might be coming for blood this year
0: i think so too and don't get me wrong i love zach wilson Uh, But if we get them week one and maybe these guys haven't had time to click yet, Wilson and Wilson, get that connection going. Maybe the Seahawks could steal one there. God, it's sad that I even have to say the phrase steal one against the Jets, but (laughs) um, yeah, schedule release next week is going to be fun though. I'm excited for that. That's always a fun, fun time of year. Know who you play when you play them, how many primetime games you get and all that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah I'm fascinated by the seahawks disaster right now <laughs> I will report As we all are I will report back quarterly here on the show next season or this upcoming season and rate the disaster uh, you know how like they rate earthquakes one to ten mm-hmm. on the Richter scale uh this will be the seahawks implosion scale and it'll do the same thing one through ten right now I think we're at a solid like five. I mean it's definitely an earthquake that you can feel and it's going to do some damage but do we know if this is the 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 shock wave or before the actual earthquake or is this the actual thing itself we'll see.
1: Yeah. It's you know what's crazy speaking of earthquakes. Man, that like San Francisco back in the day was hit with like multiple earthquakes and like destroyed like straight up. I kind of forget about that.
0: That happened during a World Series game. Really? Yeah. Game three of the night. I I need to look it up, but I think it was the 1989 World Series between the Giants and the A's. And there's a whole documentary about it. You can watch on ESPN called The Day the Series Stopped. And it happened like right before first pitch of game three in San Francisco. Al Michaels was calling the game. Yeah, it was 1989. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Like, players kind of recount what it was like, like, looking up in the stands and, like, seeing the stadium swaying in a way they had never seen before. Mm -hmm. That's scary.
1: Yeah, and the the fact that, like, it's happened multiple times in San Fran, too. I I mean, I guess that's what you get when you live on a fault line. But I was going
0: to say, fascinating spot to build a city
1: but (laughs) well no offense to our friend daniel who lives in san francisco but a lot of i feel like california wasn't planned out all that well i don't think the fact that a lot of those cities didn't have water to
0: support them i don't think daniel would take offense to that he's he's a coloradan he's not a californian even though he lives in california now
1: i don't know once you're there
0: it gets you
1: uh daniel feel free to call into the show right now uh yeah. Uh, it, to uh, refute this.
0: If you have any way of listening to this, Daniel, before we publish it, um, let us know. Call in.
1: <laughs> That'd be crazy if we just got a call from
0: Dan. <laughs> I'd be very concerned, actually. I'd be very concerned. Um, but yeah, the that, seriously, look into that documentary someday about the earthquake in the World yeah. Series. It's a uh, really fascinating and it was a devastating earthquake like they didn't feel it too bad at the stadium i don't think but downtown san francisco got ravaged
1: yeah i mean a, a bunch of buildings were destroyed many people died like this is crazy
0: it was yeah it was a i don't remember what they rated that one but that might be the level of disaster we're talking about with the Seahawks this year yeah It could be, we could be looking at like a 9.5, 10.0 by the time the season's over. 10.0 would be like going 0-17 and and Tyler Lockett breaking his leg and just everything. I don't know
1: why you'd put that evil out into the air
0: right now. Oh, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud. Yikes. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh man. Well, the Seahawks, you know, Hawks, what a wonderful mess. Uh, it could be, it could be like an artistic mess. Like one of those, uh, one of those modern art paintings where they just throw paint on a canvas and sell it for a million dollars and call it art. That could be the kind of mess we're looking at too. Well, right? I feel
1: like they already did that. They basically ruined Russell Wilson's year and then uh, sold him for, you know, pennies on the dollar.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to talk about the Seahawks anymore.
1: (laughs) Understandable. I'm sorry.
0: It's all right. They're, they're fun to talk about. And I'm sure we will several more times this off season. Um, But um, I guess other sports news that we maybe should rattle off really quick. We are now in the second round of the NBA playoffs for our listeners who are interested in playoff basketball. Um, the heat look good. Those Miami heat look really good. And so do those, uh, Phoenix suns got a little bit of scare from the new Orleans Pelicans, but th- we could have a really, really hot NBA finals. If the sun's and the heat go, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know right now, them Celtics are, uh, they're kind of putting a molly on the bucks as we speak 51 to 33 right now.
0: Ooh, game two. Cause I know the bucks won game one. Uh, pretty decisively I think over the Celtics so that's interesting and then on the other side of it you have the Warriors and the Grizzlies going at it too and you've got the Mavs and the Suns which is like a old-time 90s matchup I hope they wear retro jerseys at some point in that series but
1: that'd be pretty cool
0: I'm uh the heat look good and if the heat make the finals we'll have to try to have a uh, Alex back on we haven't had Alex on for a while we were supposed to have him on last week for the draft episode but he uh had other obligations you know being a teacher
1: yeah I know that's I don't know how he would have made time for it being a teacher I don't know how like, I mean
0: you certainly don't every week so
1: yeah I know <laughs>
0: well if i remember correctly called time
1: management
0: alex (laughs) if i remember correctly last time we had alex on the show which was probably like a year ago now you gave him a hard time for that so i I did yeah (laughs) i don't know man he's got to be feeling pretty good right now with his heat and his eagles i mean we might have to put him on a on a talking timer take the talking stick away from him after 10 minutes (laughs) because he could go for a while i think on his teams right now
1: yeah yeah he's got to be feeling good
0: yeah like i said if the heat make the finals we'll have to get him on or even if they get close we, we should have him on again soon anyway so um do you have any call outs this week um
1: Nothing major, I mean i I'm a little I don't think trading for Hollywood Brown was the wrong choice, but I don't think it was the right choice either with the Cardinals. So yeah. That's not really call out worthy, I guess. It's like call
0: out adjacent, maybe,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, actually, you told me something before we started the Falcons fans are apparently uh mad that the the Falcons would pick some nobody out of MSU. so I
0: yeah, so call out the Falcons fans for being dumb well yeah and that's not the first time that's happened i will say this i said it on twitter the other night and i will say it again to falcons fans or whoever else needs to hear it not every great football player that ever lived played in the sec in college um yeah look at cooper cup same conference that mr anderson came out of in the big sky up here so exactly case in point these fcs guys are just as valid a lot of the time kurt warner uh, which, by the way, have you seen that movie about him yet?
1: No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't either. Okay, Okay. I thought you were going to be like, man, no, it's no, no.
0: good. I want to. I'm, I've seen it in stores. I really need to uh, make some time and watch it. But Kurt Warner, undrafted out of northern Iowa. Um, the li- Jerry Rice, one of the greatest receivers of all time, went to an FCS school. So I don't want to hear it, Falcons fans. You might not know who Troy Anderson is yet, but you're about to. But you to. will. I can't wait to see in about a year's time, all of these Falcons fans wearing jerseys that say Anderson on the back because he wins them over in that big a way. So that's a good call. That's a good call out. Um, I don't know if I have one this week, quite frankly. Uh, um, I, I didn't see anything that egregious of the sports world this week that deserved a call out, I guess, which is like the first time in probably a month I haven't had a call out. So I'll sit this one out. Oh, brave. Very brave. Thank you. I'm glad you noticed. (laughs) I'm a brave (laughs) podcast host. (laughs) I sure try to be. Um, And you are all brave listeners for tuning in and listening to us wherever you listen from. Uh, We sure can ramble. Who thought or who would have thought going into this one? We would have talked about earthquakes tonight not me not me (laughs) not me i
1: I mean we love to ramble that's where the good stuff comes
0: exactly so again thank you to all of you brave listeners out there uh for tuning into us uh through another episode of the expansion buddies wherever you listen from whether it's spotify google podcast itunes the can on a string uh we appreciate each and every one of you uh we will be back for you next thursday as we have been most thursdays before this one since we started And um, until next week, I've been Jared. That's been Justin. And never forget,
1: party like it's 1976.